1: Good evening, my friends, and welcome to the second episode of Terror Radio Podcast, where we're dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. Again, I'm your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and I want to thank everyone who supported the premiere episode, sent very positive feedback, as well as followed my Facebook page. As of now, within only a week we have about 300 followers and as much as I despise social media I will be rolling out an official Instagram page in a few days with that being said this is Terror Radio tonight features two of my favorite radio programs Lights Out and the Hall of Fantasy our first story Revolt of the Worms was originally broadcast on the popular radio show Lights Out on October 13th, 1942. In my opinion, Lights Out is easily the precursor to classic television shows like Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, One Step Beyond, etc. It was created by writer Willis Cooper in 1934 and, we, and when he left in 1936 he was, he was replaced by writer and producer Arch Obler who the series is heavily associated with. And Obler remained with the series until the mid-1940s. Now, Lifestyle was on the air for about 13 years. And within that time frame, it went through various formats, network changes, and several revivals. But it still maintained a strong and loyal following, and is still considered as one of the all-time great horror radio programs. So without much ado, sit back, Turn down the lights and let's listen to Revolt of the Worms.
2: Obler, bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these lights out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. And now, if you haven't already done so, turn off your lights now and listen to Revolt of the Worms. Can do is sit and think and wait. Wait for the floors to lift and the walls to crash. Facts. Think of facts. Yes, a journal of facts. Think how it began. Why it's happening. Journal of facts until the walls crash in the thick flesh. Charles Prentice. There's a fact. Chemist and fool. Fool. Away. Run away, run away, run away, run away from reality. War. war, 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 run away.
3: You mean we're going to live in this godforsaken place,
2: Charles? Yes, Claire, I remember. You did say that. And I said, of course we're going to live here. It's ideal for my work. But we're so far away from everything, Charles. So far away from what? Your friend, my friend? All
4: right, Charles. Whatever
2: you say, Charles. You never disagreed with me, did you, Claire? Why, it's so quiet up here, it's almost as if we were out of this world. Yes, I remember. Young Jackson. You did say that. I like working with you, sir. Why, up here, it's almost as if we were out of this world. Out of the world. I wanted to be out of the world. Hide. Until it's over. Yes, why not? Why not? What are you going all the way up there for, Prentice? To do my work, of course. But who cares about propagating new varieties of roses at a time like this? The times have nothing to do with it. I'll do what I please. I'll do what I please. But, Prentice, to leave suddenly like this, it doesn't make sense. Roses are fine in normal times, but a chemist of your ability, in times like these, certainly, there's more productive work that you could do. I'm not interested in your opinions. I'll do what I please. You hear me? Do what I please. Do what I please. Yes, sir. Everything's ready, sir. Greenhouse. All ready for you, sir. One week ago, Wednesday.
4: Does the wind always blow up here, Charles?
2: Eh? I said the wind. Does it always blow like that? Why? Frightening. Mighty less frightening than the things that are happening back in the city? I suppose so. I know so. Where's that boy? Jackson. Yes, sir. The phosphates. Are they ready yet? Uh, not quite, sir. Well, so get them ready. Every one of the plants. We work late tonight. Very late. Work late and hard. That was the answer to everything. Chemist of your ability. In times like these, there certainly must be more important work than propagating roses that you could do. A chemist of your ability. In times like these, there certainly must be more no more. Oh, no. I wouldn't think of that. I told myself. Wouldn't think of that. Roses. Yes, develop the greatest rose in the world. That would be my answer to them. While they bombed and burned, I'd develop the largest rose the world had ever known. And when the world settled down again, I'd come back and bring the rose to them, and they wouldn't care if I had run away. My plan. Why did it go wrong? Claire, why did it go wrong? Claire... Oh. Dead. You're dead. They killed you. Dead as I'll be dead. If I could only think, why did it go wrong? Well, I put the solution that's left over, Mr. Prentiss. Yes, I do remember. That was it. Oh, gosh, Mr. Prentiss, I'm trying to understand, but I'm so tired. You must keep working. The only salvation is to work. Oh, what's salvation got to do with roses? Don't be impertinent. Do your work. Yes, sir. Two cc for each plant and careful. Don't let any of it touch the stem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You weren't very happy, were you, Jackson? Those were things you couldn't understand. It, it isn't that I, I don't want to work, Mr. Prentice. It It's just that I'm all mixed up. Uh, these roses. Why do I have to pour this stuff on them every hour on the hour? It doesn't make sense. Hormones? Sure, I know what they are. Secretions from the glands in the human body. Sure, I know what they're for. Make us grow and everything. I get it. That's what you try to do with the roses. Make them grow fast and big. But how do you know these hormones will work on plants, Mr. Prentiss? And how do you know how much to give them? and, And how big will the roses grow, Mr. Prentiss? Questions. Everlasting questions. But now I ask them. Why did it go wrong? Thursday. Thursday? What do I remember? Well, I throw the hormone mixture that's left over, Mr. Prentiss. Mr. Prentiss... I said, well, I throw the hormone. No open. way. Can't you see that I'm working? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. I remember. Friday. What a Friday. Friday night. There. Mm-hmm. Yes? Is that you? Yes, Charles. What are you doing walking out here in the dark? It's a lovely night. Romantic at your age. I just like the night. You, women, come back to the house. All right. Crazy, walking around in the dark. That's oh. What's the matter with you? Can't you walk? If I hadn't caught you... It's slippery. What are you talking about? It's so slippery around here. Don't talk foolishness.
4: But it is.
2: By George, you're right. What? Stand still. I'll light a match. I had some... Yes. Now, we'll see what... Charles, stop me. grabbing. What? Put... <laughs> worms. What? Can't you see? Just ordinary earthworms. mat crawlers. We just walked over a few of them. Now, you women with your fears and your squeamishness. Walked on a few worms and you make more noise and more buzz. Yes. I remember. Friday night. The, the extra hormone solution, where'll I throw it, Mr. Prentice? Mr. Prentice, where'll I throw the extra hormone solution? Oh, Saturday. And then the night. Jackson! Jackson, where are you? Jackson, I told you to stay in the house. Jackson, where are you? Time to feed the plants. Jackson, where are you? It's not here, Charles. Uh, Claire, you startled me walking up like that. I didn't mean to. That infernal boy, where is he? Have you seen him? He's not in the house. But I told him not to go out. I told him only an hour ago he's got to work all night. The plants must be watered every hour on the hour. He went out. Well, why didn't you stop him? Oh, I've had to go chase after him. Jackson! Jackson, are you out there? Come in. Uh, what, what did you think it was? Thunder, it's starting to rain. Shut the door the door I say. But the boy. If he hasn't the sense to come in out of the rain it's just too bad. I've got enough to do with worrying about my roses without worrying about him. And don't you go out after him. He'll come back. He'll come back. Saturday night. And when it was day again.
4: Charles. Charles wake Hmm? up. Hmm? Please wake up. Oh where? You're on the couch. You fell asleep on the couch. Charles. Get up. Right away.
2: What's the matter with you? Why should I get up?
4: What difference does it make? Listen to me, please. The boy, he isn't back yet. Huh? Jackson, he isn't back yet. Charles, where can he be? The storm you slept, I waited... Wait a
2: minute, wait a minute. Have you looked in his room? I just came from there. Charles, where uh, could he have gone to?
4: All through the oh, storm. stop
2: talking so much and let me get up. Let's go see. Oh. Must you follow me? Why didn't you wake me up? Why did you let me sleep?
4: I must have fallen asleep, too. I opened my eyes. It was day. Oh, Charles. Oh,
2: stop old Charlesing me. Crazy young fool. So he spent the night outside. So what's the difference? Teach him a lesson. Well, no wonder he isn't back yet. Fog like this its as bad as night. Charles. I... All right, all right. What am I supposed to do? Go wandering through fog like a bloodhound, like a fool? Don't worry. He'll be back. He'll be back. But you never did come back. Did you, Jackson? When the sun came out and that everlasting wind came up and lifted the fog. Charles,
4: Charles, come here.
2: Where? Uh, where are you? Back
4: at the house, Charles. Come quick. Oh.
2: oh, what is it? What do you want now? The boy isn't around. I've looked everywhere now. But what, what's happened back here? What? Look at the ground. Well, what? Who plowed this ground up? Plowed? Yes, certainly plowed. Can't you see? Some crazy drunken fool plowed up the ground. But during the night... Charles, how could that be? You believe what you see, don't you? It's that boy. Yes, that Jackson went crazy. Found the plow, tore up the ground and ran away. Went out of his mind, that's it. The boy's gone crazy, tearing up the ground. Gone crazy. Gone crazy. And then, that night, that same night after I thought Jackson had gone crazy, run away, I went back to my work Sunday night. Charles, Charles, can I speak to you? Charles, please stop your work and talk to me. Haven't you lived with me enough years to know I don't like to be interrupted when I'm working? But I'm frightened. Are you? Really? Charles, stop it. Are you out of your mind?
4: Yes, maybe I am.
2: What did you say?
4: Maybe I am crazy. All right, maybe I am. That's the only way I could have lived with you all these years. What? endured your selfishness, your unbelievable selfishness. What? Well, Everything's for you for 20 years, everything for you. Now, that's enough. Your word, your pleasures, what you think, what you want, everything for you, nothing for anyone else. Will you but shut up? little Mr. Prentice, the scientist, the good husband who never lifts his voice. Mother in heaven, I'd rather be married to a fool with a heart in him than you. Well, then... You haven't got a heart. You never had a heart. It's you, you, and no one else, and that boy can be dead out there, and you don't care, and I can be dead, and you don't care as long as you're safe and doing what you want to do.
2: Will you go away and let me go on with my work? (gasps) Oh,
4: oh, 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 Charles. Charles, I'm fighting.
2: That boy... Now the noises. I'm asking you for the last time to go away and let me do my work. But Listen to me.
4: You've been out here all night. I've been in the back of the house alone, and I've been listening, and I didn't want to come in here, but I had to. Charles, things I said, I meant them. For years, I've meant them. All right, that doesn't matter. But I tell you this, there's something outside the house.
2: Find out what it is, Charles. Twenty years ago, I thought you were an irrational woman. I thought I'd trained you out of that irrationality. I was wrong. I'll humor you just this once, but never again. Where are these noises?
4: At the back of the house.
2: The lantern handed to me? Yes. Thank you. You're frightened. You don't have to go with me. I want to know. What? That you're a fool? Well? So what am I supposed to hear? There's nothing. Hello out there. Hello. Well, what now? Listen. To what? Listen. To what? I... I thought... You heard the wind whistling through the cracks in your brain. Come into the house. Charles, wait. Wait for... Here? Yeah. So what? Give me the lantern. If it's that boy well, it could be him, couldn't that it? That crazy young fool playing practical jokes. Drag it around the corner of the house and <sighs> what's going on here? Charles.
5: Something moving under the ground.
2: Yeah. So dark. Can't quite make out. Charles. What is... is... I don't know, I don't know. Animal of some sort?
4: Take me back to the
2: house. Oh, go yourself. Moon will come out of the clouds. See what this is. Give me the lantern, Charles. No, I want to see. The house is back there. Turn around and go back to it. Go
4: ahead. All All right. All right.
2: the moon come out, I'd see there. Coming out now, I'll see what... Holes. Holes in the ground all over. What are they? Who... Bomb crater? But that isn't possible. No. Animal burrows. But what animal could make a hole four feet across? enemy. Where are you? Claire! so dark, I can't see you. Claire! Where are you? Claire! Claire! Where are you? Claire! Yes, Claire. Claire! I ran through Claire the night looking you? for you. The echo Claire, of my voice is still in my ears. Looking Claire, for you, and the moon was under the clouds, you? and I couldn't see you, and I couldn't Claire, find you. And then I did... You had fallen into one of those craters. Into one of those holes in the ground. I couldn't see you, but I could hear you. But which one of the holes? They were all over, ground, pockmarked with them. I ran around in the dark. I could hear you, but couldn't find you. And then, the moon, it was out again. Oh, blast the moon. Why did it come out? If it hadn't come out, I wouldn't have seen And my head it, stop it, stop it, Claire, stop it, I can still hear you, I can still see you, your body down in that hole, as I ran toward you, suddenly I saw that something else was coming toward you, something that glistened, wet in the moonlight, something long and slimy, a great twisting snake, yet not a snake, not a snake. And the fear in me made me fall to the ground. And I saw as I lay there. I saw. The thing moved toward the hole in the ground as if you weren't there. As if it were blind and couldn't see. Like a great blind worm. It was a worm. A worm. Ten, twenty, no, thirty feet long, crawling in flight to its home in the ground.
3: And
2: it moved toward you, Claire. You're dead, Claire. You've been dead for two days. Why should I tear out of my memory all the horror of how you died? Of how young Jackson must have died. Well, I throw the extra hormone solution, Mr. Prentiss. Well, I saw the extra hormone solution, Mr. Pettis. Yes. it's very funny, isn't it, Jackson? I ran away and I was going to bring back to the world the greatest rose. But I brought back the greatest worms. The hormones you threw away soaked into the ground and into them. Hundreds of little worms burrowing under the ground, soaking into their flesh. Into their life process miraculously increasing the growth of them until overnight they grew and grew without limit into those terrible horrors. And they are still growing. I can hear them. For the last two days squirming around the house and over it, great monstrous pieces of slimy flesh thousands of them burrowing under the ground and at night coming out of the ground. I have seen them. A sea of flesh. A sea of worms. Yes, I hear you out there, you worms. You were under the ground and now there's no room underground for you, so you've come out of the ground. The world was yours first, so now you're going to take it back again. The world for the world. You're under the house. You're lifting it. The walls will fall and crush me and I'll be dead and I want to be dead. Yes, now I know why this is happening to me. I thought I could run away from the world and what is happening in the world. You hear that, you worms out there. I thought I could run away. window head looking in. He's crawling in. And another following. And another. They're filling the room. Worms all around me. The world is... The world is...
1: So, is everybody's heart still beating? (laughs) That was an eerie one. Because of the popularity of the show, Lights Out was adapted to television with um, a series of four specials premiering in 1946. But it didn't become an actual series until it debuted on NBC in 1949. And that lasted until 1952. Uh, Neither Cooper nor Obler had anything to do with the series. And it's quite obvious. I've seen about five to six episodes and they are mm, adequate at best. Now on to our second story, The Shadow People, which aired on August 21st, 1953 on the program The Hall of Fantasy. Now The Hall of Fantasy isn't as well known as um lights out it was created by Richard Thorne and Carl Grayson in nineteen forty six and only ran for one season. It was again resurrected in nineteen forty nine but this time Richard Thorne primarily did the writing of most of the scripts and started in several of the episodes and this time the show lasted until nineteen fifty three and although it didn't have a large budget or any well-known actors, it was still, again, this is my opinion, a top-notch horror anthology show. So again, sit back, turn down the lights, and let's listen to The Shadow People.
6: And now... The whole of baggage. Dedicated to the supernatural, the unusual, and the unknown. Come with me, my friends. We shall descend to the world of the unknown and forbidden. Down to the depths where the veil of time is lifted. And the supernatural reigns as king. Come with me and listen to the tale of...
7: The Shadow People. Elaine, have you been... I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last?
5: No, I haven't. Ever since mother died, nothing's happened.
7: Well, I only hope it that... oh, came from upstairs. Come
5: on. Oh, you don't I don't know what
7: to think. I only hope it oh,
5: that... David. David, if anything's happened to him. I...
7: We'll see in a moment.
5: There's no light in this room. He wait
7: here, Elaine. Where's the light?
5: Over to your left. David. What's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light
7: on? Your father's dead, Elaine. In just a moment,
6: the Hall of Fantasy will present The Shadow People. And now for our story an original tale of fantasy by Richard Thorne entitled The Shadow People.
7: Somewhere along the line of your life, you've met them. You have come in contact with the shadow people. When did we first discuss it? Oh, yes, Brian and Elaine and I. It was in my apartment. There was only one light on in the entire place.
5: What's wrong? Elaine, what's the matter? It's silly, I know, but I... have I, th- I thought I saw something in that doorway over there. Where? Over there, right over there. Where are you going, David?
7: Over to that archway, just to let you know that nothing's here. Huh. You see, Elaine, nothing's wrong, nothing at all. Are you satisfied that there's no one else here but us?
5: Yes, I... Oh, I'm sorry, I just thought that I... Leave your lights on. I'm sorry, I thought that... Put them back on, David, please.
7: All right, Elaine.
5: Look, what's
7: bothering you, sis?
5: I don't know, it's just that... I don't know.
7: Tell us about it, Elaine. Tell us what's bothering you.
5: You promise that you... you won't laugh at me? Of course not. Brian?
7: Elaine, I'm your brother. If something's troubling you, uh, I'd like to know about it.
5: All right, then. The reason I was so upset was the fact that I saw someone or something standing in that archway. But,
2: Elaine,
7: David showed you that there was no one else in here. When the lights were put on, you saw for yourself that we were
5: alone. I'm not talking about something you... You can see in the light, Brian. I'm not talking about a human being.
7: Then what's it all about, Elaine?
5: In the darkness, I... I saw something that can't be seen in a lighted area. And I've seen it several times before. You're sure you're not imagining this, Elaine? Oh, I don't have that good an imagination, Brian.
7: How long have you... Have you seen this thing, Elaine?
5: Well, it... It started about six weeks ago. You were in Detroit on business, Brian. Mom and Dad were on vacation... I was in the house by myself, in the library. There was only one light on. I sat in the chair beneath it, reading. Several times I thought that something was watching me. I felt there was someone in the room with me, standing right in back of me. Every so often I'd glance back over my shoulder, but there seemed to be nothing there. And then... Then I thought I heard someone whispering. I wasn't sure, but when I heard it again, I got up and I, I, I looked all over the house. Oh, I'm not easily frightened, you know that, but, but out in the hallway, it was almost entirely black. Luckily, I was near a light switch. I looked back over my shoulder and I saw this huge, hulking shape for the first time. And I heard a voice rather the whisper of a voice. I couldn't distinguish the words, but that dark shape seemed to be moving towards me. My hand was on the light switch and I turned it off. In the minute the light flooded the hallway, the shape was gone. There was nothing there. I was alone again. As long as there's light, I know it can't hurt me. I know it can't reach me.
7: You might have imagined it, you know. Of
5: course that's possible, but I'm sure I didn't. It was so real. So real, that shape in the darkness. It was the very essence of evil itself.
7: There was an old man I knew of, the Dr. Hesuvius. I'd heard that he knew quite a good deal about the supposed supernatural manifestations which had taken place in the world. I went to him to see if he knew anything that might explain the events of the story Elaine had told us.
5: Oh, yes, my good sir. What do you wish?
7: I have an appointment with Dr. Heselius.
5: Oh, yes. if yes, he mentioned something about it. You are Mr. Drake? Yes. I- if you'll come inside. Thank you. Dr. Heselius is in the study. Please come with me. Doctor,
0: a visitor for you. Oh, yes. Bring him in. You may go now? Yes, Doctor. Mr. Drake? Yes. Sit down, please, in that chair over there. Thank you, sir. Now, what is the nature of your visit to me?
7: Well, I understand, Dr. Asselius, that you have a great knowledge of the supernatural manifestations which have occurred on the earth.
0: Great knowledge, Mr. Drake? No, hardly that. I have only scratched the surface in my years of study. Perhaps I can help you, then again. Perhaps I cannot.
7: Well, may I tell you the story? By all means, my good sir. All right. Now, this didn't happen to me, Doctor, but to my fiancée. It seems that about six weeks ago, when she was alone... But when the light was on, the dark form disappeared. And that's the story, sir. As much of it as I can remember.
0: Mm
7: -hmm. I see. It's a strange tale to tell. I'm fully aware of that, Dr. Lecilius.
0: You say she seemed to hear whispered voices? Yes,
7: that's what she says.
0: I see. A moment, please. I have a book in my file. Oh, yes. Here it is. This is the
2: one. Yes.
0: Perhaps I may be able to help you after all. Let me see This is a very ancient book, Mr. Drake. I seem to remember... Yes. Here is an account of the happening such as you relate. And we shall live on the earth... and They
3: They shall not see us. Yes. Yes, it has been foretold by the ruler of the darkness. They who live by day, retire to sleep by night, shall never know that we walk with them, that we watch them... That we wait for our chance. Only in the night will they see us. For in the daylight we are not seen. Only in the night when the darkness grows together and the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness. They will know us. Then they will know
0: that we are their companions. For we are the shadow people. And you I had read something similar to the story you have told me, Mr. Drake. Dr. Asilius, what can we do? Well, give me a little time. Let me see if I can find any more references to these uh, people of the darkness. One more thing, Mr. Drake. Yes. Be sure that your fiancee is never left alone at night. Be sure that there is some living thing, animal or human, which accompanies her every second of the night. For she is in danger, Mr. Drake. A terrible danger. Back
6: now to our story. An original tale of fantasy by Richard Thorne entitled The Shadow People.
7: That night, the night of the day I had seen Celius, Elaine's mother died. She died in her sleep. When she failed to appear for breakfast, Elaine's father went upstairs to see what was wrong. When he entered her room, he discovered that she was dead. The family doctor couldn't explain it, for Elaine's mother had been in perfect health. A few weeks later, I was out of the house spending a weekend with him. I glanced at the clock in the mantel, and it showed eleven...
2: I can't understand why Brian hasn't returned
5: from town. Well, he said he had some extra work to catch up on. He told me this morning that he might be late. Well,
2: 11 o'clock.
0: I'm going upstairs. Glad you came out, David. Good seeing you again. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Well, don't stay up too late. See you both in the morning.
5: All
0: right.
7: night,
5: Good night, Mr. Davis. He isn't the same, David. Ever since Mother died, he hasn't been the same.
7: I didn't realize it until tonight.
5: It's changed. I only hope that he'll start living again. Ever since she died, it, it seems that a part of him died with her.
7: Elaine, have you been. I mean, have you seen anything else since you spoke to me last?
5: No, I haven't. Ever since Mother died, nothing's happened.
7: Well, I only hope. That... <coughs> it came from upstairs, come on. Oh, you don't think. I don't know what to think. I only hope
5: that. David, David if anything's happened
7: to it. We'll see you in a moment.
5: There's no light in his room.
7: You he wait here, Elaine. Where's the light? Over
5: to your left. David, what's wrong? Why didn't you leave the light on?
7: Your father's dead, Elaine. <laughs> had walked into the darkened bedroom. On the bed was Elaine's father. It didn't take a second look for me to know that he was dead. I switched off the light and walked back into the hallway to tell Elaine what happened. And then from the room there had come an eerie, quiet laughter. In the darkness of that room was some unknown evil power. The voice itself was unearthly. There was no substance to it. It sounded as if... As if it came from the darkness itself.
5: No. No, I don't believe you. It's the truth, Elaine.
7: There's nothing more I can do. We'll, well have to notify the police. Tell
5: me it's not the truth, even Tell me it's not the truth.
7: I'm sorry, Elaine. I wish I could. The father's dead. After the burial, Dr. Heselius got in touch with me. He said that he wanted to meet both Elaine and Brian. That he wanted to talk to the three of us. Accordingly, a few nights later, he came out to their house.
0: Miss Davis, will you tell me just when you saw the first manifestation?
5: The night Brian was in Detroit.
0: Now, Miss Davis, you have even seen this apparition in the company of other people. Is that correct?
5: Yes. The night at David's apartment.
0: All right. Now I'll tell you what I think. You are in deadly danger, Miss Davis. These beings want to claim you. So far, they have had no success. Only in the darkness do they have power. Little by little, step by step, they have been removing the obstacles in their way to reaching you. First your mother, and then your father, Miss Davis. Both died in the same fashion. In the darkness, death struck at them. Now tell me, do you feel their presence here in this room as I talk to you? Yes. Turn out the lights, Brian. Stand by the switch, if you please, Brian. If anything happens, turn the lights back on. All right, Dr. yes, oh, I don't... Do think... you want me to continue working with you? Yes, sir. All right, then. Brian, turn off the lights.
6: Yes, Doctor.
0: The room now is in darkness, Miss Davis. Do you feel or see
3: anything?
5: No, I... Yes.
3: Yes, I do. Do you
0: see anything?
3: Yes. Doctor, I do Be quiet, you
0: fool. I know what I'm doing. In front
3: of me.
5: The darkness gathering together
3: into a huge, terrible... Not only do you see us, Miss Davis, but everyone else in the room also will see the vague shapes forming themselves in the blackness. We do not want you, Dr. Aesilius. The girl we want, we advise you to drop this case will only bring down the wrath of the shadow people upon your head. The girl. We want the girl. Do not stop us. Let us take her now.
5: Turn in the light.
3: They're gone.
7: Steve, are you all right?
5: Yes. Yes, I am.
7: Just as she said. The darkness, I, I saw it form into something too. So did I. What are we going to do, Dr. Sears?
0: At the present moment, I don't know. But it's much I do know. You must leave this house immediately. You must try to get out of their reach. I don't know if that is possible. I hope it is. I shall have to return to my home. I must learn if there is some manner by which we can defeat these creatures. For the moment, leave this house. Dispose of it. In any manner you may see fit, but leave this house.
6: Back now to our story. An original tale of fantasy by Richard Thorne, entitled The Shadow People.
7: We had spent the night in my apartment, the three of us. The following day, Brian and Elaine made arrangements to dispose of the house. In the afternoon, Dr. Heselius called me and asked that I come to see him. David, I'm glad you're here. Anything new,
0: Doctor? Yes and
7: no. You realize, of course, that this
0: spiritual manifestation is not new. That it has gone on for centuries. No, I wasn't aware of that. It's true, David. De Mupisant wrote uh, what was supposedly a fiction story about the manifestation, David. He called it uh, Orla. However, according to the information here on my desk, it was taken from an actual case history. Of course, he embroidered the story... Added a few touches to something he didn't realize actually
7: existed. But have you found anything with which we can fight them?
0: Everything depends upon an answer I received from a colleague of mine in Paris, Dr. Henri Renault. I dispatched a telegram to him last night.
7: Why hasn't he answered by now?
0: There are certain things that must be done. It will take a few days, I'm afraid. We have to wait, David. There's nothing else we can do.
7: In the next few days, the house was sold and Brian and Elaine moved into a newer, more modern home a few miles from my apartment. Cecilia said it might take a few days for them to build up their power. I spent the night at the new house. The lights were left on and I watched for any unusual occurrence. In the daytime, I'd return to my apartment and get some sleep. About four days after Elaine and Brian moved into the new house, I was at home when Cecilia phoned me. Hello? David? Yes, Dr. Aselius?
0: I hate to tell you this, David.
7: What's the matter? What's wrong?
0: They were a step ahead of me, David. I just received word that Renault died or was killed. At the very moment, I sent the telegram to him.
7: Step by step, they had outwitted us. But they had anticipated every move we'd make. Even Dr. Aselius was at a loss as to what to do. He agreed to meet me at the Davis house.
5: What did you want to see us about, Dr. Asselius?
7: Did you find out anything more?
0: I'm sorry to say that I haven't. At the moment, I'm at a complete loss. I don't know what to do.
7: But what did you want to see us about this evening?
0: Merely to check, to see if anything else has happened. Miss Davis, have you seen or heard anything?
5: Not in the house. Only in my dreams. Your dreams? Yes. When I go to sleep at night... In my dreams, in the darkness, I see them. And it's
0: grown worse, much worse. I was hoping that it would not have progressed so far. There has been no disturbance in this house, but now they disturb your speed, Miss Davis. Now, you must stay a week for as long as you can. I want the three of you to move into my house. Perhaps that will give you more protection.
7: We moved over to the his house Perhaps Elaine would have more protection there From there we might be able to devise some plan of action Some way to beat those beings For a few days things were quiet The shadow people seemed to have withdrawn For a while I thought that we might have succeeded in thwarting their purpose Elaine no longer complained of troubled sleep But that condition lasted for a few days only About ten days later they made themselves known and felt again. That night, we were in the study When suddenly, Heselius whirled around and... Helene, what are you looking at?
5: Outside oh, the house. I threw the light leaves off. I see them.
0: She's right, Dr. Heselius. I can see them, too. What should we do, doctor? Nothing. What do you mean, nothing? There's nothing we can do. We can't just... We can't do anything, Brian. Don't you understand that they have us at their mercy? The greatest man in my field was Henri Renaud. If he could do nothing against them... What do you think we can do?
5: He's right, Brian. There's nothing we can do.
0: As long as the house remains lighted, just so long will they remain outside. If the lights were to... <laughs> that sounds. Awesome. My
5: father was killed. The same sound we heard. The same sound. The lights. What's happened to oh, the lights, I didn't know Quiet
0: that... I thought of this emergency. A candle. That's right, Miss Davis. As long as this burns, this one candle will be safe. For they cannot advance into the light. They are limited by the darkness. As long as the candle burns, they will have to remain outside of
3: this room. (laughs) Around you. In every room of the house. In the darkness outside. We are around you. This time, you shall not escape. This time, we will blame you. Take it easy, Brian. I, I can't stand it. I
6: can't get out of here. Brian, come back. Don't be a fool.
7: I'm going after him. Stay here. We just
0: can't let him go. He won't have a chance. I doubt it. <gasps> Miss Davis, I'm afraid that your brother is dead.
2: <laughs> The wind, Doctor. Listen to the wind. I
3: know. Yes, Doctor. Listen to the wind. You must realize by now that the three of you haven't a chance. You must know in your minds that we can destroy you at any moment we desire. But, Doctor Aeselius, you may still save your own life. Let the others go Give them to us.
0: No. No, you will have to take all of us. Shall
3: we destroy your light? Shall we move in
6: on you now? (laughs)
0: As you will. Do as you will. Sorry, David. The candle is
3: out. The darkness. Together, and the forms of the shadow people are shaped from the blackness, will they see us? Then they will know that we are their companions. Look.
6: the terrifying, the unknown. Join us again when next we journey down the corridor of the Hall of Fantasy to hear another strange tale of the supernatural. All characters and events portrayed in these programs are fictional, and any similarity to actual events or persons living or dead is purely coincidental.
1: now tell me that episode wasn't unnerving I think the first time I ever heard the shadow people I was about 11 years old Whew, scared myself so bad I wound up having to sleep with a nightlight in my room for about two months which really annoyed my parents but what can you do again I want to thank all of you for joining me tonight I'm Keith the radio show nerd Signing off for Terra Radio and I want to remind everyone that every Friday will be a brand new episode. Again, thanks for listening and good night.